And a good Friday afternoon, St. Louis and all points northeast, south, and west. I'm telling you, it's Friday. And that makes us happy right here in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, Kevin Slayton, Nate Lucas, we're here for you. And you can join us anytime you want, toll free, 855-282-8255. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. Mizzou plays, of course, tomorrow against Middle Tennessee State. Uh... The Cardinals played against the Braves last night. Adam Wainwright's latest adventure. We'll talk about that. The Chiefs opened the NFL season last night. It was a debacle in Kansas City. I don't know how many people had a hand in losing that game. The receivers, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes for his stupid decision-making, throwing the ball to a guy who dropped three passes already. I mean, pick your, pick your poison as to who to blame, but the Chiefs game was a debacle. And I'm telling you, if you're a Chiefs fan, that had to be a long night. It's going to be even a longer season if that's going to keep up. But I don't know why the, the kid, uh, Ladarius Tony, isn't cut already. It's, it's lunchtime. That's enough time for him to get his stuff and get out. I mean, he'd be gone if it was me. But uh, you're not going to win with a guy like that. There's no question about that. I will talk about the supposed black national anthem, which, of course, doesn't exist, but they Roger Goodell insists that it does. And the people online were furious. The, the people at the game who, who were caught off guard Weren't happy. Carrie Lake, the gubernatorial candidate from Arizona, was apparently there. She refused to stand. I wouldn't stand either. There's one national anthem in this country. It's the most divisive thing I've ever seen in my life. They talk about how, well, we want to unify the country. Roger Goodell, let's, let's unify the NFL. Well, you've just divided it. You divided the entire fan base, you jackass. He keeps it up every single year. It's so annoying. Then Colorado plays tomorrow. They have acquired more money bet on them than any NFL game except for last night's game this Crazy, weekend. Isn't it? It's it, it's a phenomenon that's taking place out in Boulder with uh, Dion and the gang. Today is the 25th anniversary of the great steroid chase between McGuire and Sosa. That's right. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go along as well. The NCA has struck again. They have denied eligibility to a wide receiver who is transferring from Kent State to North Carolina. Uh, because it was his second transfer amid mental health issues and the desire to be close to his ailing grandma, and the NCAA said, go F yourself. Those people are just, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how you describe them. Honestly, I don't. Inconsistent <clears throat> to begin with. Uh, and, Rotten human you know. beings, yeah. Yeah, inconsistent. Well, you know, whatever benefits them, I guess. Did they get any money for it? I guess not. If they get money for it, they'll do anything up there. They'll find a way to pass it through. If they it's get sickening. It's re- it is. It's absolutely sickening and it really needs to end, but it won't end because that's the NF, uh, the um, NCAA. That's exactly how they are. But I got to tell you, um, if, if the Chiefs don't cut Tony, then they'll never cut anybody. And, and it, it blew me away last night watching that game. I'm just sitting there. I'm texting a buddy of mine who's a huge Chiefs fan. I said, why does Mahomes keep throwing to him? What, what, obviously, Reed's calling his number. Why, why that was happening, I have no idea. But why do you – I just audible if I'm Mahomes. You're the guy. Just say I, I didn't have confidence in the guy, and how could you? Uh, even though we're gonna, you're going to hear from Mahomes here in a couple of seconds. But, my goodness, it was, uh, it was hard to watch. So those who bet on the Chiefs, thank God I teased them. Um, I picked them yesterday with the spread with our um, – Kevin Todd, our bookie from from the East Coast, but I knew that, that that I wouldn't bet it. I don't know how anybody could bet it with all those injuries. Turned out that the Chiefs had an offensive tackle that was out. They had another defensive lineman that was out. I mean, they were not the Chiefs in terms of personnel, 
But they, with all of that happening, including Tony tipping the ball up for a pick six, they still should have won the game. They won. They lost by a point. Yeah, it was looking like um, after the Lions went for it on fourth down near midfield and they gave the ball back to the Chiefs, you're thinking, okay, they need literally, what, 15 yards? I mean, they needed about 20 yards to get into legitimate range for yeah. Harrison Butker. To kick a game-winning field goal, and it all looked good, but the Detroit Lions defense uh, stood pretty tall. I mean, that Aiden Hutchinson, I've, I've been saying all week, the kid is a beast, and he definitely uh, he was relentless getting I, after. I told you those Lions were not to be messed with, and I'm not shocked. I said yesterday I would not be shocked. I expected the Chiefs to win, but I, I'm not shocked that they didn't. And, um, you know, when you look at the Chiefs' mistakes, they made enough mistakes in a game for the entire season. Well, you can't have a ball go off your hand. I mean, this is how the this is how you let a team like Detroit beat you at home is you let a ball go off your hands and it turns pick into six. a pick six. You you know you you snap a ball with Blake Bell under center instead of having Mahomes, which would have drawn offsides, which would have resulted in an automatic first down. Little things like that where you just didn't capitalize on your possessions. You were stopped twice for field goals when it looked like you had a chance to run away with the game in the second quarter. I mean. I just think that the Chiefs, I think they'll be fine out of all this, but Detroit, it was a big win for them. Oh, yeah, it was huge. It was a much bigger win for them than it was a loss for the Chiefs. I'm going to get into that Andy Reid stuff here in just a moment, but I want to tell everybody about our good friends from Window World. Just had a, a, a listener text me about Window World. He's getting them for his house. 314-993-1800. That's the number to call to get yourself a free in-home estimate. 314-993-1800. They'll come out and prove to you how they're simply the best for less. They did it for me. And I had hail break through my windows. That's why I called them. And I got the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, not soon to be Super Bowl champs if they keep it up, but it's the official window of the Chiefs. And those two organizations, the Blues and the Chiefs, don't go into business with just anyone. They thoroughly vet that operation before they get into business with them. And they have looked into Window World, they vetted them, and they said, come on, be our partner. And Window World is. And that's because they give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. They use double-strength glass in their windows. That's not an upsell. It's not an extra charge. It's what they do. They give you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. And here's something else. My utility bills went down when I got Window World windows. So not only do I not have to replace my air conditioner and my furnace because they're not running 24-7 anymore, I don't have to pay as high utility bills, thanks to Window World. 314-993-1800, 314-993-1800, that'll get you a free in-home estimate. And folks, when you see the price, compare it between Window World and the competition. It's it's kind of a joke. It really is a joke. So it'll be a good thing that you do. I promise you that. You'll be happy that you listen to me on Window World. Uh, let's talk about Andy Reid for a moment. You mentioned Bell under center. That might have been the worst play, worst call of the night for Andy Reid. But he he thinks he out-tricks people all the time, and he's Mr. Cutesy. Even when they scored their first touchdown, he gets down to the goal line first and goal, and he calls one of these half-ass trick plays that never seem to work and only put the Chiefs in a hole. And when he makes a mistake, when he calls these horrific plays, it's usually in a big nationally televised game. He cost them the Cincinnati AFC Championship game two years ago. He cost them the game last night. I put the blame squarely on him and the receivers. But it's ridiculous. At the And then have Bell under center? What was the point of that? You have the best player in the league playing quarterback for you. And you intentionally decide not to get him the ball in a crucial part of the game? And then you ask him to pull off a miracle, fourth and 25, when you have still two minutes left, 
all three of your timeouts. Your defense has played well. They've only given up 14 points. He just told the defense, by the way, I think all of you suck. Yeah. I have no confidence in your in my defense whatsoever. And they're going to play like it the rest of the year if that's going to be the case. But that's what he told them. And then you have Chris Jones showing up at the game. What a clown show that was. What are you at the game for if you're not going to play? That's a, an F you to the Chiefs front office. I, mean, I, I just a, thought it was a debacle all the way around for Kansas City last night. If I was a player and I'm looking at Chris Jones up in a suite watching the game, I mean, you know, that that's a tough look. Yeah, it was a real tough look. Here you are down on the gridiron battling. You play for one another, and you got your defensive tackle stud who's up in a suite watching because he's holding out over money. And he's under contract. Yeah. And let's not forget that it's not like his contract expired, so he's actually in breach of his own contract. And – showing his greed and then showing up at the game, look, he deserves a new contract. He deserves the money. The Chiefs need to pay him. So there's both parties are wrong in this particular case. He's wrong because of the way he's, he's, he's handling it. The Chiefs are coming off like cheapskates uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, y- y- you've got a guy who's the best at his position in the league. Pay the guy. It's pretty simple. You pay Mahomes, pay this guy. He's equally important to this team. Without a pass rush, the Chiefs won't win another Super Bowl. It's just that simple. Nobody does. So we'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, they miss Travis Kelsey, but all teams get injuries. You just got to play through them. There was no reason for the Chiefs to lose that game last night. The absence of Travis Kelsey didn't lose the game. It was your rotten group of receivers who apparently you don't want to pay either because to have that clown show as your receiving core, good Lord. I, I can go out and watch a high school game tonight, Nate, and I promise you those receivers will catch the ball better than the Chiefs receivers did. Yeah, it is kind of incredible. You know, Mahomes has had this unique ability to um, almost make anyone that they bring in look like he's been throwing passes to him for forever. And I think last night you really felt the impact of a couple of years now of losing key guys, whether that was Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, and um, also uh, McCole Hardman. So you're bringing in guys that don't have a whole lot of reps in game time, and I think it showed last night. And when you don't have your blank security blanket in right. Travis Kelsey, it really shows. It really looks ugly. And Andy Reid didn't seem to have any urgency after the game in terms of, you know, in my opinion, I would have cut Tony today and sent a message to the rest of the receivers. Here's what we expect here in Kansas City. We're the defending Super Bowl champs. We don't drop passes, multiple passes in a big game, and you keep your job. But here's what he said about the drops. It's unusual for us to drop that many passes anywhere, anytime. So um, we'll, we'll go back and, and work on that. Um, you know, that you got you know, you to take care of business, and these guys know that. And so we, we've got to fix that. Got to fix it? You had all training camp. What do you mean you got to fix it? The guy can't catch. we got to fix that. He knows better. Well, he, he knows? What's that mean? Here's how you send the message. You're gone. Now the rest of the guys might get that message, and they'll stop dropping balls. But you keep these guys, there's no accountability. Once again, zero accountability from Andy Reid. He's doing nothing about it. Don't tell me you're going to fix it. You're not doing anything. Here's how you fix it. You get rid of them. It's that simple. This is professional football. It's in high school. And then he tried to explain away his 4th and 25 decision, perhaps the worst decision of any coach I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I thought that we needed to do that. So um, <laughs> at that particular time, they you know, driven the ball on us, and so I thought it was important that um, we gave that a shot. So I always still had some time on the clock. No, they weren't driving the ball on you. They weren't driving the ball on you all night. Your defense actually played surprisingly well. You'd given up 14 points. 
you got to get Mahomes says later, well, you got to get a stop one way or the other. Yeah, well, you get a stop down in their territory, and you get the ball in a decent field position, and Bucker can kick a field goal and win the game for you. You get a stop where you gave it to him, and now you got to drive a longer way. You don't have you will have no timeouts when you get the ball back. But they couldn't even get the stop. But I don't blame the defense for that. In my opinion, the defense took the field with their heads down. I mean, our coach doesn't even believe in us. He thinks nothing of us. So we'll play like that. And they did. They averaged three and a half yards per play in the second half. So to go for it on fourth and 25, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a dream, it, I would I would. Imply. It's incredible. It's incredibly stupid. And Andy Reid and his idiotic decisions last night were an embarrassment. Now, we've talked – with high praise about Andy Reid through his career, and deservedly so. But, man, when he screws it up, he screws it up to a royal degree. It's almost as if he must have been drunk all night. I mean, what was he doing out there from the get-go? He, he was, like, clueless. He looked like a rookie coach out there. And it showed, and it and they and they paid for it. Mahomes said after the game he's confident in Ladarius Tony. How, do you be, how are you confident in this guy? I have, I have trust in, in KT. Um, he, he missed a lot of training camp. Um, obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. Um, and, and stuff's not always going to go your way. Obviously, um, he would have wanted to catch a few of those in the game, but I've trusted that he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments, and he's going to make the catch and, 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 and win us some seasons like he did last year. So we're going to continue to work him in, get him more and more reps, um, and I'm sure that, that those drops will kind of disappear. Uh, based on what? It doesn't look like they're going to disappear. I don't understand. Well, you know, he was hurt in training camp and he rehabbed real hard to get back in. So that excuses dropping passes? Aren't you a professional wide receiver? Don't you catch passes for a living? What does it have to do with you being hurt? So if Mahomes gets hurt and he comes back, if he overthrows receivers all night long, is that an excuse? I don't think it is. I, I just I don't think it is. But it got even more bizarre than that in Atlanta last night with Adam Wainwright trying for the 7,000th time to win game 199. Nate, I saw somebody post on social media, and I was watching the game when it happened because I was watching both at a, at a place, uh, Tully's in St. Charles, and I, I saw the pitch leave Wainwright's hand. Well, just prior to that, I said to my buddy, I was just looking at the Braves lineup. None of them had ever hit a home run off Adam Wainwright. Hmm. I said, no, that was when he was good. I said, but that will change in the first inning tonight. It changed on the first, <laughs> first pitch. pitch. Some guy posted a video of it and said, this is the absolute worst first pitch in any baseball game in history. <laughs> an 83-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle to the best hitter in the game. Yeah, he didn't miss it. He did. He not only didn't miss it, if if somebody got in the way of that, it was going to take their head off. I don't think it ever got more than 25 feet high. It was a laser. It, was, it still has smoke coming from it. <laughs> so did the rest of them. Even the outs the Braves made were rockets. Tommy Edmond has bruises all over his body from running into walls. Uh, the rest of the guys after the first inning were ducking every time Wainwright threw a pitch. <laughs> Nobody was ready to field. They were all diving for cover. I mean, this was a debacle. And and Wainwright acts as though somehow it's all because he was rusty. I just came out a little rusty as all. Well. I think the first inning was just, um, you know, the, not, not as sharp as I wanted to be. And then as the game wore on, I got a little sharper and sharper um, until the very end there. But, uh, you know, I think – I think um, once I realized my body was going to be all right, pitches settled in, and I was able to execute better. What a, this guy's become nothing but an excuse maker. Once I realized my body was going to be all right, didn't you realize that in the bullpen session? When you were throwing before the game, didn't you realize your body was okay? And what was wrong with your body? We never heard about an injury. 
you once you settled in, you were good. You gave up eight hits in five and two-thirds innings, three walks, six earned runs, four home runs. At what point were you good? The the two innings that you uh, that they didn't score off you, I would be fining the Braves hitters if I were a snicker over there. But the the, the outs that you registered were were on fire. It was like a Fourth of July fireworks display, one rocket after another. Well, this guy has become so delusional. He he really thinks he pitched well last night. You know, except for those four home runs, I was on it, man. I really and Marmol. I'm going to start calling him Lom, Lying Ali Marmol. He he talks after the game as if, uh, well, he's delusional, as if Wainwright was any good. He filled up the zone um, with all pitches, uh, sinker cutter mix, the curveball was there. Um, he did a nice job of uh, staying away from the righties, pitching in occasionally, but uh, had them reaching. Um, some came back over the plate against lefties, but uh, overall, uh, Eddie made some nice plays for him as well. They hit some pitches over the heart of the plate and then got to some underneath his own uh, for homers. But um, he, uh, he competed, tried to give him one more and give our offense a shot, uh, but two homers chased him. He did a good job against the righties. They hit three home runs. Right-handed hitters hit three home runs off of him last night. Did a good job. He was filling up the zone with all of his pitches. I would have thought, after listening to LOM, Lom, lying Ali Marmol, that Wainwright pitched a two-hit shutout. It was bordering on a no-hitter. I mean, he's filling up the zone with all of his pitches. He was really tough on the right-handers, who hit three home runs. I mean, I, I've been, I, the Cardinal organization is embarrassing itself beyond belief. They've got now the Lom, lying Ali Marmol. He will lie no matter what. Uh, he wasn't done lying, though. He decided to, to join forces with some goofy reporter and act as though Wainwright was making the Braves miss all night. Yeah, he navigated well. I mean, the first inning got punched in the face and then was able to throw up some zeros, uh, try to buy him one more inning and let our offense uh, come through for him. But unfortunately, the two homers, uh, he had to come out of the game. Oh, he got seven swing and miss. What does that say about his that his stuff was it was there working? <laughs> yeah, he missed the stuff enough to, to do that tonight. And then uh, when the curveballs... Uh, there, it's uh, ineffective, and he has a feel for it, and he has the ability to miss a couple more bats. But yeah. When the curveball is there, it's in the 60s, 60 mile an hour range, topping out about 70. Acuna hit his curveball so far; it's still in the air. I, I just don't understand these people. What do they think they're seeing, and how dumb do they think that we are? This is like Joe Biden thinking we're so stupid, dispatch Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian liar, uh, and now we've got lying Ali Marmel, and so that's who they dispatch to tell us this nonsense, as if our own eyes don't see what's going on. The Cardinal organization has become nothing short of a liberal lying machine. Everything they say is a lie. That was a disgrace last night, and to tell us, like, we're stupid— well, you know, he put up those zeros, and then he got chased by a couple of home runs. Yeah, except for that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Three more walks on his line, four home runs against, eight hits. I mean, <laughs> I just don't know how much longer. I, I guess I just don't care anymore. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's become laughable that this is still ongoing. The, the guy hasn't won a game since June 17th, and it's <laughs> not like he's really been – close in any of his previous 11 starts. It's been brutal. I just can't get over the selfishness. Uh, the, the selfishness of Adam Wainwright is at an all-time DEFCON 1 level. I've never seen a guy this selfish. 
And he's embarrassing himself in the process. You know, it's one thing if you're selfish, I guess, and you're actually getting something. He's not even getting anything for his selfishness except embarrassment, humiliation, tortured. He's getting lit up like a like a light. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. And then to sit there and lie about it. And, and, and in Wainwright's case, I'm not so sure if he's lying. He's just delusional. Yeah, He's lost his mind. He really thinks he's good. I threw a couple of zeros up there. You know, everything was working. I had to make sure my body was okay. Three runs later, was your body okay? Most pitchers would have been chased after the first inning, but it was Wainwright. Most definitely wouldn't have gone back out for the sixth inning after he <laughs> gave up the bomb to Matt Olson. Right. You know, somehow I, I kind of got lucky. I thought I was going to get lucky last night. I had a little free play on Braves' first five minus a half, and I'm thinking, are you kidding you me? The Cardinals came back and tied that yeah. game, but then Olsen hit the bomb. So that saved me. But all in all, I mean, how do you bring him back out for the six? And I think that the only answer is is that you've thrown in the towel on the season, so you're there you're just praying that Wainwright can put up another zero and maybe the offense can come back and score some runs, and by the grace of God, he gets win number 199. That's the only choice. Uh, but I have a friend of mine who's making house payments on Wainwright. He sends me his ticket stub every, every night after Wainwright pitched. He won another three grand last night. I mean, Wainwright is good for the bank account. Because he is extremely consistently bad. And it really doesn't matter who he's pitching against. Everybody rakes him. Kevin, he's 3-11 and with an 8.19 ERA and 19 starts. Do you know that he entered the game last night with an 8.10 earned run average and he actually raised it? That's hard to do when it's 8.10. you got to really try hard and be really, really bad to raise your earned run average when it's 8.10. But he did it. He accomplished it. And yet... Lying Ali Marmal, Lam, and Wainwright tell us how well he pitched. It's it's incredible. As if we're such stooges out here, it's actually an insult, and it kind of ticks me off. I, I just don't understand. I mean, I guess Ali is willing to sit there and be the pinata um, because he sits there and defends the uh, decisions yeah. to keep pitching him and put him back out there for another inning, another inning. I mean, you're going to get somebody hurt in the field. Somebody's going to get hit by one of those, well, I think and they're never going to play again. What you're really going to do is is ultimately prove to the rest of the team that this isn't about winning anymore. This organization is about personal accolades for right. guys who have done bobbleheads. Right. I, that that's what it signifies to me. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's exactly what it signifies to me. Uh, I've honestly, and all the times I've followed sports and covered sports in my entire life, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a player so willing to humiliate himself out of personal greed, just pure selfishness, and at the expense of a young player who could be up here proving himself to the management so that they get an idea of what they have in some of their young prospects. And how about for Marmol? I mean, he sort of got slipped under the radar, but he's he's kind of saying and thought like the offense might be able to pick him up. You know, I heard a, a sports anchor last night on one of the local stations say that uh, it seems like Wainwright just can't find good luck. When he doesn't have his <laughs> stuff – you know, other teams bring their bats, but when he brings his good stuff, the Cardinals don't bring theirs. Like, uh, it's poor old Wayno. I mean, like he's pitched a string of shutouts, but the Cardinals just can't score. I, am I the only one that's watching a guy who is out there laboring as a 42 year old and getting beat up? I mean, well, didn't he, he, also, he got punched in the face in the first inning? That's not a good start to a ball game. <laughs> he got knocked out in the first inning. They just didn't take him out. Look, your offense did bail him out. 
They came back and tied, tied it the after game. they were down three to nothing in the first inning against a pitcher who had dominated this organization in his previous like four or five starts. He had like a .37 ERA against the Cardinals' lifetime. Yeah, he decided he would walk everybody. I almost thought Max Fried had a bet on the on the Cardinals <laughs> because he's walking hitters that you and I could possibly get out. So they did come back and bail him out, but he decided, as Matt, as as Nate just described to Matt Olson. To give up a, a dinger with two outs in the fifth inning and make sure that all those who bet the first five inning on the Braves innings were winners. And that was after Edmund made that ridiculous catch in center field. I forget who hit that ball, but, I mean, that thing was a towering bomb, and Edmund made a hell of a play on it. There were two of them in that inning. I mean, there were two of them were a foot from being out of the ballpark, and then, of course, Olsen's made sure. This is like, oh, we're going to send Wayno out there and we're just going to cross our fingers. I mean, that's basically what it's become. It, that's all it is. And, and you hope somebody doesn't get hurt. Somebody's going to get hit by one of those rockets, and they're going to go down for the count. And I, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's a really this guy's s- dangerous. Sad, embarrassing I just, moment. Yeah, I just can't get over the the, the, the selfishness, though. I, I and I can't get over the the uh, ability or the willingness of the Cardinal organization to allow this to take place. This is almost absurd. If I'm a, a, a bookie in Vegas, I'm furious because mm-hmm. those guys are losing their ass on this guy every time he pitches. It's, it's an easy win for anyone who wants to make the wager. But see, anyone who speaks like us, we're, we're looked at like the villain because sure. it's how dare you speak right. bad about the Holy One. How dare you tell the truth about Wainwright? Don't you know what his big league impact charity has done? I mean, I get like he's <laughs> has a. has nothing fun, to do with it. He might be a great human being. I'm basically I'm judging him on his 3 and 11 record on August or September 8th. I don't get paid to judge guys as human beings. I get paid to make observations and honest ones and tell the truth instead of being a little ass-kissing candy-asser like the rest of the media in this town is. Uh, you can tell me all you want about what a great guy Wainwright is. I don't care. It's irrelevant to his performance. It's irrelevant to a professional sports franchise operating like their Little League team. It's irrelevant to young players not getting a chance to prove themselves at a major league level in a major league game. It is unconscionably selfish on Wainwright's part. Yeah, it's really bad. And I see no end to it. He's got probably four more starts. They're all going to come against decent teams, but it doesn't matter. He had back-to-back starts against the Rockies and the Royals, and both of them pummeled him. The Royals may have hit him harder than any team in, in the entire season. Yeah, and he followed that up with a start against the A's, which didn't go well either. So, I, I, I don't know where this ends, but it, it's not going to end probably. <laughs> it's going to end on <laughs> October 1st one yeah. way or the other. I mean, it's coming to a, a crash course. I mean, it's just really bad. And and, and then, you know, they, they talk in the local newspaper about, well, you know, maybe the what, what strategy should the Cardinals use going forward to try to get him his 200 wins? Why is a strategy – Centering on a guy getting 200 wins, I, I, I don't get that either. Is that how you operate anymore? If you're the Cardinals, is, is that what you're supposed to be doing? And uh, Wainwright apparently um, uh, ran into Mitchell Boggs, a former Cardinal pitcher, before the game, and Boggs told him that, uh, hey, you know, 198, 200, it really doesn't matter. And now Wainwright is, is coming along to that way of thinking, saying, yeah, uh, it really doesn't matter. But apparently it does matter. Apparently it does, and it's become absurd, um, and and it's the humiliation is has got to be felt. I've got to believe by Wainwright. Um, it's just it's just silly, and it just keeps going on and on and on. 
So that's what we're watching. That's what we're seeing. Uh, and we're, Nate and I aren't stupid. And we can't be buffaloed by this idiotic nonsense in the postgame every night after he gets racked again. And any, any self-effacing person would understand that too. But it's just, it's just not good. Kloss is up. Hello, Kloss. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing great. So, yeah, last night I had a $500 same-game parlay on the Braves. It sounds like horrible odds. It was only minus 105, but I had the Braves' first five money line, which barely hit because of Olsen. And then I had over three and a half team runs for the Braves, as well as the minus 1-5 run line. But I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, Eddie Rosario made a crazy sliding catch. And if he does not do that, the 1-5 did not hit at all. <laughs> Congratulations to you. A good night yes, for sir. you. Yeah, I won about 500, so it is what it is. Wainwright's so, yeah. money in the bank. I mean, he literally is. That's why if I'm a bookie in Vegas, I'd probably stop taking bets on the Cardinals when he pitches. Yeah, I really, it's just insane. It hits. It's hit essentially 100% of the time. <laughs> it really has. In 622. It's pretty incredible. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, God, this will be the time that that I get burned. But, no, he is mon- literally Atlanta. money in the bank. It is so free. Yep. Yep, good stuff, Klaus. I'm, I'm proud of you. Nice going. Yes, sir. Do you want a best bet for the weekend? I'm sorry? Do you want a best bet for the weekend? Sure, we're always interested in somebody's best bet. I will be on the Steelers' money line. Steelers' money line. All right, we're going to keep an eye on that one. That's a good call, by the way. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, they're at home. 49ers are coming in. Um, but who do you like? Do you like Kenny Pickett or do you like uh, Brock Purdy? I like them both, to I'm, be honest with you. But this I've pick seen Brock was... Purdy when I went to Iowa, and I'm just not a big fan of him. And it's just – he's just – it's pure luck if you look at everything, in my opinion. Well, I don't and think it's luck. Also, I don't think it's luck. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's with a good team. That's, that might be considered luck. But yeah. his play has been very good. But Kenny Pickett looks really good, and he look, he's, he's looked good yeah. every time he's played. And also, week one last year, the Niners lost to the Bears. I just have a weird feeling they could do something like that this year. Well, they're coming across the country. Those West Coast teams, when they come across the country, history tells us it's a, it's a, it's a debatable game for them. And the Steelers all-time is a home dog or 18-6-2. It's not bad. Those are good numbers. I like it. I like it, Klaus. Yes, sir. You all have a great one. You have, you have one, too. Good luck with you on that Steeler play. Thank you. Take care. You betcha. Maybe we just need uh, maybe maybe Wainwright needs a little Monster Energy drink. Maybe that's his shortcoming. I should suggest that to the Cardinals. Why don't you guys? If you're going to keep trotting him out there and keep humiliating himself, but but please keep doing it because we're all getting wealthy off of it. Give him a little Monster Energy drink on his way out there. Maybe the sugar free, ten calories. That's what I drink, but it'll give him a boost of energy. And maybe that eighty-three mile an hour bomb that um, Acuna hit. <laughs> Uh, won't be thrown. By the way, I didn't hear the exit velo on that one from the Cardinal broadcast. Nobody was talking about that. They love to talk about exit velocity. Didn't hear it on – maybe it broke the register. Maybe the radar gun snapped on, on Acuna's blast. But a little monster energy drink that apparently Acuna had. I mean, he had two home runs. Maybe Adam Wainwright needs to have it. It'll give you that punch of energy, give you the focus you need so you don't lob one down the middle on the first pitch, thinking the hitter's asleep, I suppose. But the, the best part about Monster Energy Drink not only is the fact that it gives you that energy boost that you really need, but they're a fun group. Any events that they sponsor, you ought to look them up. Get to those events because they're going to be fun. 
They have parties. They throw parties. They throw group fun. It's all about it, man. They center their brand around having a good time. They'll bring your favorite bands to your hometown. It is a lifestyle in a can. It's not just an energy drink, but it is the most badass energy drink on the market. And you can unleash your beast with monster energy drink, as we love to do, the the sugar-free one. All right, folks, we'll be back with the monster energy drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, right after this.